From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Well, it's Locked On Chiefs on a Friday that, uh, you know, is not what I think any of us expected. Uh, we are lucky enough. Matt Derrick's with us from Chiefs Digest. Make sure you check out all of his stuff over there and everything that we put there as well. Uh, fresh out of the locker room, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, but, uh, Chris, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Uh, I've got an unpopular take that I'm sure a lot of people don't like. Oh, let's hear that. This loss was more on the offense than it was on the defense. Mr. Derek? I'm not going to – I can't argue that. I mean, I can make a certainly make a case for the defense, but offense played pretty bad. Um, 294 yards of offense, that's not going to get it done in the NFL today. Well, and I guess where I guess where I should clarify is you can't expect this defense to get that much better. Um they they played who they've been all season long. And to me, to expect to win this game with only scoring twenty eight points and scoring two touchdowns in your first two drives and then not scoring again until the mid part of the third quarter, uh, you can't do that. You can't have the ball on the charger side of the fifty and go three and out. Uh, two first downs on any of their four drives. They went four out of their last six drives had four plays, three plays or less, three offensive plays or less. You and simply remember, cannot do that. And remember, they had the, 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 the last touchdown drive was almost entirely fueled by the Chargers penalties. Without those penalties, that might have been a, a three and out quick drive, too. Um, they had to get, I think, at least two first down on, on third down conversions off penalties, and I think they had another first down off a penalty too. Without those penalties, they don't get to twenty eight. Yep. Yeah, the running game was helping them then, but they certainly don't get that far. But I'll take it a step farther. That last drive, the four minute offense, this offense lost this game. I don't think they contributed. I think they lost this game because that's the sign of a team that doesn't understand what kind of situation you're in or doesn't understand that you really are in a dogfight and you're, you're overconfident. I don't know. You tell me, Matt, what, what was the, the feeling in the locker room? Well, it was, it was pretty somber. I mean, the, the guys who stuck around, uh, was, there was not much noise. Uh, it was pretty quiet. Um, kudos to the guys who did stick around to answer some of the questions, uh, especially some of the guys who did. I mean, Kendall Fuller, um, who I, I, I thought got a raw deal on that pass interference call. It certainly was a big play in the game, but, uh, can, can he, I address that real quick? I just have to, I just have to say one thing. And I don't, Matt, I'm sure you probably didn't hear this because you guys don't get the video in the booth, but Mike Pereira did come on and say that that is a point of emphasis this year. If you keep them from getting their second arm up, that's pass oh. interference. Oh yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it's just a case that it, even though it is a point of emphasis, you just don't see that called very often, especially for a ball that honestly I don't think was catchable. Well, well and I'll he, tell you the other thing. If he pushes him, if he pushes right. him, it doesn't matter. I mean, all you have to do is let the ball hit his hands and you push him. He can't get come down and bounds, and it doesn't matter. I agree. I, it, Questionable call, but there were several of them that were questionable. I don't think the holding on Daniel Sorensen that allowed the Chargers' first touchdown was real. No, it wasn't. And at least they they called that semi consistently because there was a there were a couple of calls later that were I think just as borderline that they called the same way. So 
I guess you could at least say that even though I, I don't necessarily agree with the way they were calling it, at least they were consistent. Right. Well, about those two calls they were, but I felt like they were allowing things to be played, allowing guys to play earlier in the game. And then that last eight minutes or so, it felt like they just ratcheted down. And I thought that inconsistency cost this team in particular. Uh, but am I wrong? No, I don't think you are. Um, I, I did want to go back. You were, you were talking about the offense, uh, specifically being able to close out the game. I, I know, once again, it's, it's going to be one of these topics that people don't want to hear, but that's where, if you weren't missing Spencer Ware, you were absolutely missing Kareem Hunt. Um, because you've got the ball three and a half minutes to go. All you need to do is just get a first down or two run some clock, get it going, and you don't have that closer anymore. You don't have that guy that, that can do that for you. So um, they tried that one that one run to Williams that lost three yards. Then, you know, they, they start passing. Um, you kind of have to because, you know, you're at that point, you're, what, second and 13. So you, now you're throwing the football, and that's not what this team, you know, has done in the last few years. I mean, when they get a lead and they've got three and a half minutes to run, you know, run the clock out, that's Kareem Hunt time. And you can't do that anymore. And, and not having Spencer Ware certainly made that you know more difficult. But this team doesn't have a closer that uh, right now. That's what they are lacking, and that's what could come back to hurt them big time later on. Well, I'm glad you bring up Williams because I feel like that one play I thought was blocked poorly put them in that hole. Like it you was. said, uh, it was. You're right. Second and thirteen. Um, I don't. I feel like Damian Williams stepped up and said that he he can be a lead back, whether he's a closer or not. I personally want to see Daryl do that role because I thought the big takeaway for me on offense tonight was that they have two backs that can be a solid tandem. If Spencer Ware doesn't even have to be in the mix. Yeah. I I mean, I don't necessarily dislike what they've got because, you know, Damian Williams certainly had some electric runs tonight. And I think he ended up with uh, close to 125 yards of offense, a couple of touchdowns. I mean, that's great production. I mean, it really is. Um, but is Damian Williams a closer? Is he that guy that you can give the ball to in the last, you know, couple of minutes of a game to run out the clock? That's not what he's been in the past. And I, I'm not sure that he is that right now. Is he a guy that can break off some runs, who can take some screen passes and get some additional yardage? Is he a guy who can run around some guys? Even tonight, you know, he even put his shoulder down a couple of times and ran over some people, which I, I give him some credit for because that's, that's what he's got to be able to do. And, and I think Daryl Williams, you know, has some upside and he had a couple of nice plays tonight. Um, but you know, even when they've got where and where might be the closest thing that they've got to a closer, somebody that you can get the ball to and know that they're going to get you at least a couple of yards every single down and get you a chance to convert first downs at late in the game when you need to. I, I, I just, I don't see it with the guys that they had out there tonight. Well, I'm just going to say, I don't think that they, I put that specific drive and that specific play call on Andy Reid, because to me, you did the most predictable thing that you could possibly do coming and running it uh, up the gut on the first play with less than four minutes to go. Yeah, and I think he even touched on it maybe briefly in the, the postgame press conference that, you know, putting it on himself for the maybe that play call down there at the end. Um, because I, I, I'm with you. I don't think that was that was a terribly great call there in that situation. 
Well, you just can't run. I mean, if you're going to run, you run outside. You do something and you try to get the ball out in space. You, you don't run it up the middle where, especially you're missing your two starting guards. Um, yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of question marks on that drive. But like I said before, when I started, it may be an unpopular take, but to me, the offense lost this game. Um, you get the ball on their side of the 50 and you can't get a first down. I mean, if they get a first down, they are able to kick a field goal and then you don't have to worry about, I mean, and then it's a different game, obviously, but then they can't beat you with that touchdown at the end. It's frustrating. And well, I, I, like I said, I, I agree with you. I mean, I really do think that the offense played badly tonight, but you have to take in some consideration, I think, and, and give them some acknowledgement of the fact that playing without your top two running backs for the most of the season, so you're going with really your number three guy, your best wide receiver was hobbled and, and running around on a lot of tape on that foot tonight. Um, your second best receiver wasn't, in, wasn't out there. Um, you know, you they, they were really handicapped tonight. But this was the first time that, because we've seen them handicapped a little bit already this season, but this, this is the first time tonight that we've really seen that affect them. I mean, this was it was this was not the efficient offense that we have we've come to expect at all times. I mean, they've they've overcome everything so far this season, and tonight against a defense that I think they should have been able to beat. I mean, I, I think this is a defense that they they can compete against. I mean, I think this is a defense that they should have taken advantage of, and they were well below their average performance tonight. Yep. And I will just say real quick that it's the funny thing about that is the Chargers were without their top two running backs as well and lost Keenan Allen during the game. Um, Phillip Rivers played pretty well for the most part. Uh, I don't know exactly how it was that Bob Sutton wasn't able to figure out how to get pressure on him in the second half. But if you tell me that the Chiefs get two interceptions and five sacks, I think that they win by 10 points. Yeah, you get that many plays uh, from this defense. Yeah, you need to win because those those were all big plays. Well, let's take our first break, folks. We'll come back and we'll talk about this defense. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com. Now, I mean, going into this game, the story, the biggest thing happening in the league was Eric Berry's return. And I just want to give both your takes. Matt, you first. By my recollection, I thought this is the best the defense played all season in the first half with Eric Berry out there, and then they fell apart without him again. Yeah, I I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, I, I did think the first half was pretty strong, and you know whether there is a true correlation there with having Berry out there or not, I think they certainly played with a lot more fire in the first half. Um, that's when it seemed like they were getting their their most productivity. It helped that. You know, they had the turnover in the first half, too, which I, I that turnover I really put on Rivers. I mean, that was just a horrible, horrible throw in that first interception. I have no idea what he was thinking there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there was a general consensus here, at least, was that the defense played well in the first half, uh, and they just let up in the second half. That the You know, and the players talked about that in the locker room. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, closing, finishing, doing all those things, staying consistent throughout the entire game. 
because uh, they didn't do it. I mean, they really didn't. And I think you, you, you hit on what I think was definitely the common theme around Arrowhead tonight, which was that the second, the defense led up in the second half. Well, there's obviously lots of question marks on the defensive end and it's not going to get fixed before they play the Seahawks on, um, you know, Christmas Eve Eve, I guess. What I will say though is you look at what Eric Berry meant to this team and obviously they played a lot better in the first half. Um, I do think that part of it was more Los Angeles. Uh, making adjustments to what the Chiefs were doing as opposed to just Eric Berry, although I think he did have um, some impact on the game, some real impact on the game early. Um, it's going to be really hard for this defense to show any real improvements, uh, even if with Eric Berry playing. I think that um, they just don't have the t- – they don't have the right – a scheme, I guess, is is the best way to put it, because I think the talent's there. I mean, you have a superstar at every single level of the defense. Uh, you have good players at other positions on the defense. Um, I, I do think that this team has talent. Uh, I just don't think it's being used properly, and I don't think that's going to change this season. So, unfortunately, the Chiefs have to be consistent on the offensive side of the ball, and they have to score 30-plus points a game, or they will lose games like this. Uh, that's what it comes down to. I'm I'm with you definitely on the fact that there is, there is talent on this defense. I mean, there you, there's definitely some guys there that you know are good players, and and I don't think that I mean as a whole I don't think that the the eleven guys that they have out there most of the time are that bad necessarily. It's just that they've got two or three spots where they are terribly inconsistent, where guys could be either really good or just really awful, and and the problem is is that. I mean, that can be exploited. You know, if you get into it, you really, you almost, you're getting to a sense that, you know, when teams need to make a big play, they're, they're going towards Orlando Scandry and the, his side of the field. That certainly was the case on the, on the two point conversion. Um, when there was confusion on that side, uh, you know, the, he had the hold earlier in the game. I mean, that's kind of, you know, we've seen it a few too many times that, that when teams need to make a play, they, they feel like they can go that direction. And if they don't make a play, there might be a penalty. Um, they've been able to do that. Teams have been able to run on this team um, because you know they don't seem to be able to tackle it and wrap up well consistently as a group. They can do it at times, and every once in a while, this this run defense looks really strong, but it's not consistent. They can't do it, day, you know, down in and down out, and that's 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 I mean that's a hallmark. I mean that's a hallmark of a players who maybe aren't good enough and. And we've talked about it before, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, you know, when we get into the offseason, there'll be another topic, which is what's this defense going to look like next year? And, and how much of a rebuild, you know, was this? I mean, it's, I, I, I'm still been told by a lot of people in this organization that they really viewed this as a two year rebuild on this defense. And I think you are going to see some turnover on this defense next year. But I think that they got into a situation where they got into training camp and said, you know what? We've got a Super Bowl offense. We need to do what we can to try and shore up this defense a little bit, which is why, you know, they, they did make the move on David Amerson and go out and get Scandrick. They have made some moves to try and, you know, bring in some veterans and, and, and shore up some things because they thought, you know what, this, this offense is going to be a whole lot better than we thought. We just need defense to be a little bit better. And I think Brad Veach tried to, to, to pace this thing together as best he could, but there are still some places where they're just way too inconsistent at this level. I agree with you completely, and I'm glad you brought up that two-point conversion because I think 
think that illustrates the bigger point for me about, I think this defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl if Eric Berry is out there leading it. Because, and there was one play in particular where you saw him nearly screaming at Orlando Scandrick in, in terms of where he was supposed to be and what his assignment was. That was in the first half. Later without that, you saw what happened on what should have been a simple banjo coverage. One guy outside, one guy inside, total lack of communication. That is leadership and understanding the scheme and being able to execute it. And I think that's the one thing that if they have buried, they, they'll be able to accomplish with this particular group. Cause like you said, they have enough talent to play well enough to help that offense. But my question to you is, did you get any reaction about what happened with Barry? Was it simply a pitch count that he ran out of plays of what they were going to let him play? Was there an aggravation? Did he tighten up any news? Well, you know, Barry said he felt fine that, you know, there were no setbacks during the game that, that, you know, that they had a plan and he didn't elaborate on the plan. Andy Reid did a little bit, you know, said they, they planned on him letting him go out there for the first half and then see how he felt. Um, clearly they obviously halftime, they felt like, Hey, let's, we're going to shut him down. Like as our plan was, the plan was never to let him play the entire game. It was always to, to let him go out there in the first half and see what, see how he felt and what they wanted to go from there. Um, so that's, that's what they did. Now we're still not getting a really straight answer on what the issue is because even Barry and his, his post game availability was, it was still dancing around the issue as far as, you know, when he could have come back how he's feeling, what the issue is. And, and, and he talked about, you know, that he, he thought maybe he could have come back last week, but that this game made more sense and acknowledged, yeah, I mean, there's 10 days after this. So, you, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Um, he, he mentioned talking to his parents too, about, you know, when was the best time to come back? And, and, and these are all topics. I mean, all, all things that you're talking about are, are not things that you discuss when you've got an injury that you think can get worse or is, uh, you know, that that's the issue. I mean, it, it seems like we're still getting back to the idea that this is a comfort thing. This is something with that, with the heel issue is that it's not something that's going to get worse. It's not something that, you know, is, is can, can keep him out for an extended period of time. It's just simply being able to play with it. And, you know, we're still not really getting, we didn't even tonight, you know, of all nights when we finally get Eric Berry back out there and we get to talk to him for the first time in th- you know four months we're still not getting a really straight answer on what the deal is and what the situation is. And that's got, and that is frustrating. Uh, the one thing I will say about it, Barry, I thought he looked very good on a, a couple of plays. There was a play down near the goal line where he shot a gap and just nailed a runner. Uh, that to me gave me a little bit of a throwback to the Baltimore game where if Ron Parker played like Barry did, uh, Maybe Baltimore doesn't score a touchdown. At least the running back doesn't score a touchdown on that specific play. Um, seeing Barry be able to do that, he looked like his old self. Um, yes, he's not in football shape. Yes, he had a, you know, a miscommunication early in the, I think that was in the second quarter, um, where he just completely lost his guy and it was a bad play. But, you know, for him not playing at all this season, I'm okay with those types of plays. The one question I have to ask you, Matt, is, did anybody say anything about the special teams at the very end of the game? Why you catch it and you try to throw the ball around? Because to me, and maybe I'm wrong on the rules, but if you take a knee there, they get the ball wherever he takes the knee, or he could have run out of bounds. Either way, 
I mean, you have a QB that can throw the ball 70 yards. Why not give him an opportunity? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, no, I didn't hear that as specifically of, of Reed or Mahomes or anybody about that. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that is a good question. I mean, yes, they, you could have taken, you could have, you could have taken the knee down, didn't you would have gotten the ball wherever that was four seconds left and, and run a play from scrimmage. And, hey, you know, and there, you do have maybe some different options and it, it's, I, yeah, I mean that 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 play, the way that they at least set it up, I know that they've got that uh, that play in the bag. I mean, they've got a play for that situation that they prepared for. Um, but it's it certain. I don't know whether it was just they they poorly executed it, what the situation was, but oh man, that was one of the more ugly kick returns at an end of a game, the lateral play I've ever seen. I mean, that was just executed horribly. Well, and. The problem is, is you have everybody up there. You had everybody up. Uh, and it, well, no, you didn't have everybody up on that play. I'm sorry. Uh, but you could have given Tremont Smith, who's been great returning, a chance to return, and you didn't. So lots of questions there on that play specifically. Yeah, I mean, and the tough thing about, yeah, you've got Mahomes with a cannon of an arm, but the tough thing there, I, I have to go back and look and see exactly where Tremont was when he took the ball. Um, they were also going into the wind, too, going that direction. So, yeah, how far could Mahomes have thrown it? I mean, I, yeah, I know he can throw it 80 yards. Into a wind, I don't, I mean, is it 65, is it 70? Maybe that's more realistic. But then again, you know, you've got some playmakers that if you've you got an offensive play, we've seen the Hill Mary. I mean, we've seen that they got playing the bag for that kind of situation. Well, so and not yeah, only it, that, makes you, it makes you wonder, yeah, whether they would have been better off, you know, running a play from scrimmage rather than that kickoff play. Well, and not only that, but you look at what the refs had done uh, that night and with all the ticky tack calls they've been calling, all you need is one penalty down the field to get an opportunity to kick a field goal. Um, and with the way this game was refed, I'm not so sure that they wouldn't have thrown a flag. Uh, but who knows? Obviously, that's in the past. We need to take another break. And then I have to ask you guys something uh, about what this means for the Chiefs overall. All right. So you look at this loss and it drops Kansas City now to 11 and three, uh, two games to play. They head to Seattle in a little over 10 days. Um, and then they play the Raiders at home. Honestly, other than taking away their advantage of having a one-game lead on other teams, they still control their own destiny. There's nothing really changed by this loss other than they have to win out. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, I mean, they obviously they still can. If they went out, they've got the number one seed. They've they've got that going for them. Um, you just have no margin of error now. Whereas before, you you, you know that Seattle game. Was by and large meant almost nothing if they had won tonight, uh, because even if they lost that game, wasn't going to hurt them in any tiebreaker of any sort. So as long as they, you know, beat the Raiders or you know New England lost, they were golden. Um, so it, there's just no margin of error now. And the problem is, is that you can end up as the five seed, and how disappointing would it be for this club if they were the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the AFC? Have this incredible season and end up as the five seed. That I, I think would just be as demoralizing as could be. It's significant too. It's been a long time since this team had 
uh, a first round buy and a chance to be at home when they did take the field in post postseason. I think that's honestly with the delicate balance they have between the offense and the defense. I think it's key to actually making a Super Bowl run. Well, it definitely is because, you know, and I, I you know, I tweeted something about this earlier in the week. And, and the point of it was to point out this, which is, you know, there's a really good and an even better chance now that the second place team in the AFC West is going to be 12 and four, maybe better, but at least 12 and 12 and four could still be the second best team in the AFC West. And that'd be the second time that's happened in the last three seasons in new England's run of dominance over the last 18, 19 years. No second place team in the AFC East has ever finished 12 and four. And they've only finished 11 and five, I believe four times. So New England's great. There's no doubt about it. But your life is so much easier if you get, uh, you win the division title, you get home field advantage in the game, in games, you, you don't have to play, you know, an extra, extra game. Your life is made so much easier and it makes it so much easier to get to where you want to go than if you have to fight through a wild card or you're going on the road. You play in a tough division, you, 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 you have these situations. It's, it makes your life so much more difficult. I mean, if the Chiefs played in a crummy division, their life would be a lot easier. New England's played in a crummy division, so they get to sit back at home and just wait for people to come to them, and that makes your life so much easier. Well, and I agree with that comment, and it is going to be more difficult for Kansas City, but one thing that I will say is that, to me, they always had to win next week, even if they won tonight, because you're going to want to sit your starters against Oakland. Um, if they would have won tonight, then you would have wanted to see your starters against Oakland. You could have done that. Uh, at this point, they're going to have to play. And honestly, maybe that's the best thing. Uh, the thing that really bothers me about this game is you thought earlier in the season at times that maybe Reed had finally gotten over his, we sit back and um, not attack teams. But tonight I really felt like he kind of went back to not attacking at times. And that really cost Kansas City. So I hope that he learns from that. But at this point in his career, if he hasn't learned from it yet, it's really hard to see him learning from it going forward. Matt, any closing thoughts? Hey, you know, I think probably the only other thing that's really been going through my mind is that there's one consistent thing about that, you know, this this team and everything like that, which is that even when they have struggled, this team has felt like they're just a tick off. And, and that was probably, uh, maybe not as much true tonight as it, as it has been some weeks. I mean, you, you know, you had to, and somebody would have to refresh my memory if the, the deep ball to Hill, if there was a, that went off his helmet, if was there, I can't remember if there was a penalty on that play that would have wiped it out anyway. Um, but, you know, that play, good grief, that was, that was close to a deal breaker. I mean, they get that touch, you get a touchdown that play, ball game's totally different. Um, they were just so at a one point game. You were like that. I mean, and and the Chargers have lost a lot of games like this over the last few seasons. So you know it's going to happen. I mean, this loss is not the end of the world. It's it really is not. This team can still get where it wants to go. I think there are some concerns, obviously, come out of this game because the the offense wasn't as efficient. The defense did let up in the second half, and and I, I did. I, I mean, I really saw a lot more fire from that defense when Eric Berry was out there on the field. Uh, especially the first couple of you know drives. I mean, that the defense was moving around. They were communicating in ways that we just haven't seen a lot. They were throwing some different looks. They were doing things differently. 
Um, you know, maybe that's what it's going to take. Maybe that maybe you get Eric Berry out there full force. Maybe he's going to be able to do, get this defense over the hump. If the offense gets its weapons back and they back to healthy, maybe it's, everything will be back on target. But this this might have been just the game that you know was that this team was bound to have eventually. You're gonna every, every team's gonna have a bad night, and maybe this was their bad night. Well, I think that's it for us. Uh, although I think we would be remiss without saying that uh, Chris Jones had himself a heck of a game in the first half. Uh, two and a half sacks extended his streak for eleven or for ten straight games with a sack. Uh, is second in the NFL in sacks this season. It's just crazy, absolutely crazy. Dude is going to get paid. I was just thinking season. that myself. And yeah, does he? Does he qualify for a defensive player of the year at this point? I mean, I put him in the conversation. I mean, I, I still think it's Aaron Donald, but I put him in the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, he's going to be in my top three or four. You know, the one there's one crazy stat or one crazy thing that I was talking uh, to a couple people before the game that Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill could overtake Derek Alexander. Tony Gonzalez and Trent Green in Kansas City Chiefs stats all in this game tonight. It would be so perfect for it to happen. And none of it happened. So, you know, you look at the way this game played out. Kansas City lost. They got beat by a team that uh, played better at the right time. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Thank you very much for coming on, Matt. We really do appreciate it. And we will talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.